You're listening to audio from Embassy Church. We exist to advance the message and ministry of Jesus in the city of Bloomington, on the campus of IU, and to the ends of the earth. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Good morning, Embassy. How are we doing? Wow. It's going to be a great year for you guys. I'm excited for your lives. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's 2022. Man, we are starting off on a, uh, on a great Sunday. Dreary, but great. Um, my name is Chris Cook. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Super glad you're here. If you're here because of a New Year's resolution, I am super pumped that you're here. Um, that's what we're going to talk about, actually. Resolutions. Uh, my family and I um, got to uh, head down to Louisiana. Um, this is where I'm from. Got to see my side of the family last week. Uh, we took about a two-week break. Not about, we did. We took a two-week break um, for the past two Sundays just to give us some margin as a church uh, to really enjoy Christ this Christmas and slow down. And so I, I hope that you, you engaged with that. That wasn't just like press pause, we don't feel like doing anything. It was in the busyness of the Christmas season, let's create some margin. Uh, and, and part of uh, that margin or what I used it for was to head down to Louisiana and see some of my family. And I got the call like the day before, right, to be expected of like, hey, I uh, just want to let you know COVID. And you're just like, worst, you know. And so we like delayed our trip and then driving down, it's a 13-hour drive. So we wake up at 4 in the morning. We don't let our kids drink any water or any fluids. And we like literally, I stopped twice and we're just like flying. Um, we're not flying, we're driving very fast. Um, the speed limit, fast. Um, and... And I get a call like two hours from my house, and it's like, oh, hey, someone else has COVID. So we did this whole like dodge COVID boogeyman kind of thing. Did anyone else have to do that this Christmas? It was a boondoggle. It was an absolute mess. I saw a half a hand up there. It's like, well, I just if I don't call it COVID, it's not really. No, it is. Um, and uh, I think I'm getting a cold. No, you have COVID. Um, so we, we did this whole dodge COVID thing, and our Christmas was just weird. We could see certain people, couldn't see certain people. Like, you had to work through the timing and, like, what bubble are you in? And then this happened, right? Uh, we leave Louisiana, we come back, and you get the call from the person that you were just hanging out with. And you don't even have to answer the phone. Like, you just pull your phone out and you see it, and you're like, I don't think they're calling to, like, debrief our time together, you know? And I don't like doing that anyway. I just like to, like, experience what it is that we call life. My wife loves to debrief it. So um, even if it is a debrief, I don't want to talk about it. But I know that call is like, hey, just want to let you know. And you're just like, are you kidding me? So we've, we've done the, um, the social isolation for the last 10 days kind of thing, me and my family, which is a delight. I love my family. But uh, we spent a lot of time together and then a lot more time together. I got like one hour of yard pass out of my cell, you know, where I could just walk the chain link fence kind of thing. Um, and then I had to go back into to isolation. Um, but here I am. I'm out and I'm excited. So... We're going to have a good time this morning. Um, that has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about either. I just wanted to tell you that because I love you. Um, no, we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions. Uh, anybody make resolutions for 2022? We got any Enneagram 3s in here? Only a few of you. The rest of you are like me, right? I made a resolution to never make a resolution ever again, and I have stuck with it, you know? Um, no, we, um, we do New Year's resolutions in 2022 or the start of any new year because Man, we want to we be better. We want to be different. We don't like where we're at, um, and um, so we want to we be a little different. We'll drop a little LBs, a little pounds maybe, you know, 
um, maybe resolutions in relationships, um, you know, reconcile something here or there. I don't know, read a, a, a few books. Um, but with the new year, we always make New Year's resolutions. And it's January 9th, and I'm just curious of those that did make resolutions, which is like seven of you, um, have, you have you broken any yet? I mean, we're nine days in. Anybody broken a resolution? Well, that's good. Oh, we have. We have. Okay. So, I mean, 15% of y'all have already broken the resolutions you've made, and about 90% of y'all never even made resolutions because you're so discouraged about not keeping them every year leading up to 2022 that you're just like, what's the point? And I'm with you. What's the point, you know? Um, but I, I want to talk about resolutions this morning, and I want to kind of just think on um, what the problem is, right? Um, why, why the resolutions that we make are always unfulfilled? Why are they always broken? Is there something inherent to the resolution? Is the resolutions we make inherently just broken, right? Are they not smart enough, right? Do you know this term? Are they not specific enough or measurable enough or action-oriented enough or, or realistic enough or, or time-stamped enough? And so the, it's the resolution's fault. You know, it's like, I want to be a better person in 2022. It's like, okay. Um, or is it us as the resolvers? Is the problem with the person making the resolution? Now, I would argue it's, it's probably both, but I think it's more of us. It's more of me. The problem is me. I, I can't keep up my resolve to be different. Okay? Um, and so I... Um, I was thinking back as I was just kind of pondering this, and I do these kind of thought experiments now and again, um, and I was thinking back to uh, reading Benjamin Franklin's autobiography. Random, but has anyone ever read that? It's not that great. You're not missing out, right? But Ben Franklin's a G, and so I thought I'd read it, and, and one of the fascinating things in his autobiography uh, is he has a whole section on his desire to attain moral perfection, which is fascinating to me. But like Ben Franklin, like Kite in a Key kind of guy, you know, um, kind of does a, a scientific experiment on himself. Like, can I be perfect? And so he writes this in his autobiography, and I'm going to read it for us. He said, it was about this time that I conceived the bold and arduous project of arriving at moral perfection. All right, this is a New Year's resolution if I've ever heard one. I'd wish to live without committing any fault at any time. I mean, that's a high bar, Okay. I would conquer all that either natural inclination, custom, or company might lead me into. As I knew or thought I knew what was right or wrong, I did not see why I might not always do the one thing and avoid the other. But soon I found that I had undertaken a task of more difficulty than I had imagined. Right? That's like understatement of the century, you know? If your goal, if I was like, man, what kind of moral profe- or what kind of um, New Year's resolutions are you going after in 2022? And you told me moral perfection. I would just kind of gawk at you. I'm like, really? Tell me about it. This is fascinating. I would actually just, I, I would pull up a chair. It would be, it'd be awesome. Well, Ben Franklin actually tried to do this some 200 years ago. Like he, he went after more perfection. And the way he did it is this. He, he listed out 13 virtues, okay? Uh, and he kind of thought of them in cascading order. But he thought his problem was, I just can't put enough focus to these, these virtues, the lack thereof, in my life. And I put a, if I put enough focus to them, I can kind of master them, and they'll cascade, and I can be a, a perfect person, okay? And so if you read his autobiography, he has a chart, right? He's got them listed out. He's got the days, the weeks. I mean, it's fascinating. And, and this is what he writes on the back end of this chapter. He says, I'd entered upon the execution of this plan for self-examination and continued it with occasional inter- intermissions for some time. And this is what he says. I was surprised to find myself so much fuller of faults than I imagined. It's like, really? Really? But... 
Again, what I love about it is Ben Franklin actually went after it. He wasn't like the other 90% of us that, man, we don't even make resolutions to lose weight, let alone be like perfect people. But Ben Franklin was a deist. He wasn't a Christian. He believed in this transcendent idea of a creator, right, but not a God that, that is imminent, not a God that interjects himself into human history, not a God that reveals himself to humanity so that he can be known. As a deist, he goes, man, I, I have this idea of where I want to be, okay, and I, I want to get there, but I would say Franklin's pretty smart, pretty wicked smart, and pretty focused. He couldn't ever get there, okay? And so, again, what I want to just unpack a little bit um, today is, is resolutions and what they tell us about ourselves. And I would say they tell us two things. They tell us, again, we're not where we want to be and that we actually can't get there. When it really matters, in the big things in life, okay, if it's losing a few pounds, right, if, it's, if it's reading a few books, okay, that's, that's one thing. But, but being a morally perfect person, okay, they tell us we're not where we want to be and we actually can't get there. But good for us, good news for us, the, the Bible speaks about resolutions. And the Bible speaks a lot about not our resolutions but God's, okay. And so I want us to turn, if you have a Bible, to the book of Galatians. And I want us to look at God's resolution this morning uh, to us. That kind of meets us in the midst of our unkept resolutions, in the midst of our broken resolutions, in the midst of our longing, God meets us. And so Galatians chapter 1, I want to read the first couple of verses. If you have a Bible, Bible app, turn there. This is where we're going to be all spring, uh, leading up to uh, Resurrection Sunday, leading up to our first birthday as a church plant. We're going to be looking at the book of Galatians and really just looking at the gospel and all the many facets of it. Kind of like a, a diamond just kind of turning it in our hands. This core message of Christianity. But I want to look at the introduction of Galatians um, and, and, and read it for us. This is kind of like the, the um, subject line in your email, right? Or the first few pages of a book, maybe even in your Bible that don't even have page numbers, right? This is like what you click past or, or what you flip past. Like you don't even give it attention, that's what these first couple of verses are in Galatians, and jam-packed in them is a picture of God's resolution to you and God's resolution to me about our moral perfection or lack thereof. And so, uh, if you have your Bible, read along with me. I'm going to read Galatians 1, 1 through 5. Uh, this is the greeting, the opening of Paul's letter to the church in Galatia. He says this, Paul, an apostle, not from men or by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead... And all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. All right. From, to, and here's the greeting. This is where we'll focus these um, short three verses. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age. According to the will of our God and Father. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now did you catch that? In Paul's greeting... To the Galatians, in, in the scriptures greeting to you and me, that first sentence, or not the first, the third actually, what Paul's saying, grace and peace to you. And what a statement, okay? And I want to unpack this a little bit because, again, this is a, a fulfillment, if you will, of God's resolution to humanity, okay? And to understand it, we got to go all the way back to the beginning. we got to go all the way back to the brokenness of humanity's resolution to God. And that's Genesis 3. This famous chapter called the fall. 
Uh, and if you're not familiar with it, read it. There's an apple, there, there's a tree, there's a serpent, all that kind of stuff. And Adam and Eve make their New Year's resolution to be perfect. And like within a moment, they're like eating cake in the dark, you know, and hiding from God. You know, apple, cake, whatever. The point is they disobeyed God. And they were tempted and they gave into it. But what, what I want you to grasp in Genesis 3, in this just really depressing chapter, if you will, of Scripture, that is just humans or humanity's broken resolution on display is in the midst of humanity's broken resolution, God makes a resolution to humanity, right? And in the midst of our forefather at Adam and Eve not keeping their resolution to God, God makes a resolution to them. Do you know this? Have you seen this? And so let me read for us real quick. This is Genesis 3, 15. Um, this is what God tells the tempter. This is what God tells Satan, the serpent, uh, in, in response to his, his temptation of Adam and Eve. He makes this promise, this resolution, if you will. He says, I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. You get that? So one day, all the way back in Genesis 3, in the middle of just like the shame of completely messing it up. Like, I mean, this is January 9th. Some of us haven't kept our resolutions already. We're nine days in. I mean, this is a big epic fail of humanity, the fall of humanity. God makes a promise. God makes a resolution, not just to Adam and Eve, but to us, to all humanity, that he is going to deal not just with temptation one day, but the tempter. And what we see here in Galatians, in these first couple verses, is the fulfillment of that resolution. It took a long time, but God fulfilled his resolution to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And this is how, okay? It took the whole storyline in the Bible to point to this one who is to come, but when he did... He did something so radical, so just, just absolutely cosmically changing that, that it altered everything, okay? And so, again, let me focus this in on Galatians 1, 3 through 5. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I just want to take those first two verses because you can kind of sum up the message of Christianity in those two words, all right? Grace and peace. Grace and peace. How is it that if what you have in Genesis 3, which is just our inability to fulfill our resolution to God, Adam and Eve had one, one, one resolution to not eat of that tree, and they, they couldn't do it, okay? How is it that God's response to them isn't just judgment, isn't just condemnation? How is it that God's response to them is radically grace? And peace. Now, do we understand the theological richness of these two terms that Paul chooses to open all of his letters with as he talks to Christians? And he can say with just confidence, God's will towards you is grace and peace. Grace, grace gives us this idea of, of unmerited or undeserved favor. Like I'm a big um, extreme makeover guy. Uh, like I, I like the shows. I don't like do them myself. I don't like go out on the weekends and make myself over. But I, I, I watch home makeover or life makeover uh, shows and I love it. And, and I can, I guess I'm kind of a softy now that I, I had kiddos. But I, I also be like, are you crying? I'm, like, I'm not crying. You're crying. Right? But it's a beautiful thing to watch these, these makeover shows where people out of nowhere, not because they're good people, but they're just in a rough spot. Right? Life has been hard. And, and and everything around them is just chaos. Their relationships are chaos. Their physical appearance is just chaos. And then you got people that come in and, and they just, 
for no reason at all except unmerited just favor are kind towards them. And, and they, they make them over. And look, I don't know if they did some follow-up a year from now. I don't know if they're in the same spot they were in. But, but the, the whole kind of pull of those shows, what makes us so emotional when we watch them is, is this idea of grace. Where it's like, man, this person didn't deserve this. Right? They might be a good person. They might not. But they, they needed it. Right? That, 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 that's the idea here of God's grace to us is unmerited, undeserved favor. Okay? That's the impetus of the gospel in the cause, or, or excuse me, the, um, the product, if you will, of that grace is ultimately peace, okay? Peace between us and God. And, and people don't often think of the gospel this way. They don't often think of the gospel as primarily um, addressing a relational issue. But the, the language of peace says that there's, there's enmity or brokenness between us and God on a personal level. And so we need reconciliation, now, if you're a parent in here, you know this with your kids. Um, I, we were quarantined. We got three little girls. And for the most part, they play great together. But there's times where you just, you hear like crazy noises coming from their room. And you're like, either like five cats have gotten inside and they're just scrapping it out. Or like my kids are ripping their hair out of the other person. And so kids are fighting. And you're like, what's going on? And you come up there and it's like, she did it. No, she did it. And they're fighting. And as a parent, you're just like, nothing bothers you more than your kids fighting. And so you want to make peace, okay? And so you just kind of separate them, you know? And that works for a while until it doesn't. And then they start fighting again. And so what do you do as a parent? You make them make up. It's like, no, you will hug them. You will kiss them. You will tell them you love them. It's like, I love you, you know? But you're trying to move them towards reconciliation. Because without reconciliation, there really is no peace. And again, this is the essence of the gospel. God's unmerited favor towards you and me. God's positive effect towards you and me that we had positively no effect on. Grace to you. And then peace, okay? Peace to you and me. How? How is this possible? And this is where I want to really land the plane for us. And it's verse 4. Because it's grace and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, but God didn't just snap his fingers to make this possible. And this is the richness of God's resolution to you and me. And it's what I want us, again, to, um, to just be awed by as we start this new year, as we think about 2022. Again, not what we're doing and our resolve towards God, but God's resolve towards us. What he's done to make right relation with us. Galatians 1.4, how is it that God greets us with grace and peace? Well, he does it through our Lord Jesus Christ says, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Now, that's a lot, and it's theologically rich. And so I, I want to break it down a little bit for us. Um, if you've been around Embassy for any length of time, you've heard us talk about our mission. Our mission, our mission, our mission. Um, and, and you'll hear us go, man, we, we are here, we exist to advance the message in the ministry of Jesus. I mean, we want to do that in the city of Bloomington. We want to do that on the campus of IU. We want to do that to the ends of the earth. But we want to advance the message and the ministry of Jesus. And what's true is there might be one of two different ways that you hear that. Okay? Um, you may hear uh, advance the message and ministry of Jesus, and you may actually get it for, for what it's intended to be, for how the Bible speaks about Jesus' message and ministry. Um, or you actually might not be hearing it as the Bible means it. Okay? Um, you might be hearing it a little bit more like someone who's a deist, like Ben Franklin would, okay? 
How you conceptualize the message and ministry of Jesus makes a huge difference to whether or not you understand the gospel, the true gospel, the capital G gospel, that all of this is about, that Paul's writing about, that's literally changing the lives of these Galatian Christians, that, that's changing the lives of many of you in here. Um, or you may understand it in a way that's almost antithetical to the gospel. Not a degree off, but, but completely off. And let me explain what I mean. If you understand the message in the ministry of Jesus to be something separate from him, okay? Um, if you understand Jesus to be um, sort of like a guru uh, or, or, or a good person and just a good teacher, and so his message is full of moral um, to-dos and, and really good things that you should follow. And the Sermon on the Mount might be at the, at the pinnacle of your understanding of like, man, what it means to, to be a moral person, okay? If you understand Jesus like that, and his message to be something separate from him, and his ministry just to be the kind of playing out of that message. And you look at the life he lived and how he cared for the poor and the sick and the marginalized, and he stood up for justice, right? He stood against power, all those kind of things. Then you might just be missing what the message and ministry of Jesus really is. Okay? Now track with me, okay? Um, <clears throat> that is antithetical to how the Bible presents the message and ministry of Jesus. It's not just a degree off, it's literally completely off. Look at our verse here in Galatians 4. Because Paul's going to say something, again, super, super insightful about the message and ministry of Jesus. The resolution of God towards man through Christ. It says he gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Now, the core idea is this. The core idea is substitutionary. You see that? The core idea is Jesus sacrificed himself in our place. The reality is Jesus is his message, and Jesus is his ministry. He embodied it. Jesus didn't come to, to teach some kind of moral code to give you an idea of 13 virtues that you need to list in your journal and strive after. Right, to, to get to God, Jesus came to be a substitute, to be a sacrifice. The key word here is, is, is rescue us. Tim Keller writes it this way, and, and I want to read a couple sentences for us because he, he, he synthesizes it so well. He says this. He says, other founders of religions came to teach, not rescue. Jesus was a great teacher, but when Paul gives us this nutshell version of Jesus' ministry, he makes no mention of that at all. Fascinating, huh? The average person on the street believes that a Christian is someone who follows Christ's teaching and example. But Paul implies that is impossible. After all, you don't rescue people unless they are in a lost state, in a helpless condition. And he gives this word picture, and I think it's really helpful. He says, imagine if you saw a drowning woman. It doesn't help her at all if you throw her a manual on how to swim. You don't throw her some teaching you throw her a rope. Jesus is not so much a teacher as he is a rescuer because that is what we most need. You tracking track with me? Too often, we are sold a false bill of goods that we need to approach the Bible as a bunch of to-dos. And, and, and maybe even we list out if we're as smart as Benjamin Franklin, 13 of those virtues 
Maybe it's the Ten Commandments. I, I don't know what it is, but we all have our list. And we make resolutions to, to attain moral perfection before God. But the core of the gospel is not the Ten Commandments. It's the cross of Christ. The core of the gospel is, is the substitutionary atonement of Jesus in our place. The core of the gospel is that, that God's pleasure doesn't come from your performance. Are you tracking? That God's pleasure comes from Christ's performance on your behalf. And so what I wanted to do simply this morning as we start 2022, as we, we make resolutions, is I want us to look at the resolution of God. The resolution of God all the way back in the garden of Genesis 3, in the fulfillment of it that tracks all through the scriptures, and that we see in this greeting, in these opening lines. That Christ Jesus gave himself for your sins to rescue you from this present evil age according to the will, the resolution of God the Father. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that something that, that we need to be reminded of time and time again? That these aren't just, just words for non-Christians. Honestly, primarily they're words for Christians. Tim Keller says it this way, that the gospel is not the ABCs of Christianity, but the A to Z. Because we forget that God has resolved to make this world right. That God has resolved to redeem humanity back to himself. To reconcile all things in the Son. And so I, I wonder, I wonder, is this something you know and you're holding to? Or is it something you forgot? Is this something maybe you've never heard before and it's just light bulbs going off? I don't know how this hits you, but, but, but what I hope it does is it clarifies things for you of what God's commitment, his resolve is to us. And that is good news. That God is for us and he has gone 100% to us so that we could respond to him. I, I want to close with this idea. <clears throat> Again, the Ten Commandments are not the core of Christianity. The cross is because it's about rescue. Right? It, it's about the substitution of Jesus standing in our place. How does this play itself out in our lives? What does this look like if we let this deep truth of the gospel really sink in? What does it look like? What if, what if, what if the idea that God's pleasure is not based upon our performance but Christ on our behalf really rooted itself in your heart? Well, what the, gospel, what the Bible says is you're going to, be into, you're going to begin to change. And not just in some ways, but, but in all ways. That this is God's way of transforming people from the inside out. Every nook and cranny and part of your person in life. Okay? And, and so I want to give us three that I think if, if as a community, as a spiritual family, if we resolved in 2022 to make less about our resolutions and more about God's, that this would really seep into us and change us. Uh, number one, I think we would exhibit as a community a lot more peace a lot more peace like like stuff is just crazy in life right now like you, you just get on your phone right and you just kind of doom scroll and it's just like man 2020 was terrible and you get to 2022 and you're like wow that was even worse and now we're in tw I mean now we're in 20 excuse me 2021 now we're in 2022 and it's not looking any better and you can't tell me that especially with college students uh just this younger generation is the every generation golly um, generation after generation since, since I was in school is kind of dubbed as the most medicated generation that we've ever had. 
But you can't tell me that the rise in anxiety isn't tethered to the fall of faith. Right? We're, we're, we're a people that is just inundated with news, and most of it is, is bad news. And we can't handle it because we're finite creatures. And when we struggle to trust that there's a God that's in control, there's no peace that can pervade our lives. Like, again, I don't want us to just think about the gospel as this kind of like really ethereal 30,000-foot thing. But, but when you grasp the fact that, that through Jesus Christ, God has fulfilled his resolution to you in the most extreme of things, your moral perfection, your righteousness, man, God's going to take care of the other little things and they're all going to fall into place. And so if we resolve to consider our resolutions less than 2022 and God's resolution more, and we let the truths of the gospel just, just seep deep into our heart, I think we're going to be a community that exhibits a lot more peace. That's number one. Number two, I think quite practically we're going to be a people who share the gospel more. We're going to gossip the gospel more. Again, do you see the difference that if you see the gospel and you see Jesus and you see his message and ministry as something separate from him, it's just, it's just self-help. It's just good news. It, it, it's, it's on the same playing field as any other new diet, right? It's like we're going to talk about keto and we're going to talk about Jesus, right? It just kind of gets put in the basket of self-help stuff, stuff that you can do to kind of be a better you. And we are inundated in our culture with self-help stuff. And we just get running on this hamster wheel of, like, what we're doing to be better people. And it's great. And it's awesome. And, again, I love you Enneagram 3s. Like, y'all are just, like, I love <laughs> the goal setting. Right? But there's something so narcissistic about our desire to get better all the time. Right? There's something so self-consumed about our desire to be better all the time. And we don't even have a goal. Like, we, we don't even have an idea. We're just, like, better progress. It's just this open-ended, ambiguous thing. And there's something so when the gospel seeps deep down in your heart and you go, the greatest resolution is the resolution God made to me, not the resolutions I make to God and break all the time. What does that do to a person? Well, I'll tell you what it does. It, it helps you be outward facing. It helps you not be so self-consumed. It helps you actually start to, to love the people around you. And you start to talk about Jesus for the rescuer that he is. That he saves you from this present evil age, right? That, that you clung to the cross and he did everything. And so we would be a people that share the gospel more. And, and, and thirdly, we'd be a people that, that love others better. We'd be outward facing. We, we would care about what's going on. We wouldn't be so caught up in just, you know, our to-do lists and our goals. And, man, I'm going I'm to, again... It's a great thing. Lose weight. Read more books. Fantastic. Okay? But if you want some, <laughs> some real growth and you're really going at righteousness, moral perfection, you and I both know you can't get there. And I don't want to leave you in despair or just in indifference or ignorance. I, I want you to look at the resolution of God to you and to me. The gospel of Jesus Christ. And see that he came and did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And if we would just sit in that at the start of 2022. If we would meditate on that. If we would create some habits that we just, we allowed the gospel to stir our affections every morning. 
God's resolve to come after us, I think it would change us. I think it would change you. And I think, man, we would look radically different as a church. And I think it's what the world needs. So let me pray for us that we'd be that kind of people. We'd be that kind of church that makes a way bigger deal about what God has done for us than anything that we could do for him. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for just the good news that you have sent the Lord Jesus Christ to rescue us from this present evil age. Uh, We are in awe of your resolve. All throughout redemptive history, we see it, we read about it, and we are in awe that you have made a way. Despite our failures, despite our ability to keep our resolutions, despite our moral imperfections, Jesus was perfect on our behalf. And I pray that that truth, the, the, the rescue reality, the substitutionary reality of the gospel would just root itself in our hearts and that it would bear fruit, that it would change us from the inside out, that we would be different people because of it, and we'd be able to go out into the world and change it because of it. We love you, we praise you, we thank you for the gospel. And I pray these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about us or to get connected, please visit embassybtown.org.